Welcome to the bonus round. This is a chance for us to bring you some additional content, not a part of the usual show. 360 Vegas Reviews is our opportunity to look a little more in depth at all things Vegas and share the experience with you. Today, we are discussing the Million Dollar Quartet at Harrah's. Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee is famous for being the studio that brought rock and roll and subsequently rockabilly to the masses. In the 50s, Sam Phillips recorded such iconic artists as Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison, Jerry Lee Lewis, and more. To grow Sun Studio, Sam realized at one point that he had taken Elvis as far as he could, and he sold Elvis's contract to Colonel Tom Parker. It's reported that Elvis didn't want to leave, but understood it was necessary to further his career. He would remain close with Sam and Son throughout his career, especially considering they were both located in his hometown. On December 4th, 1956, Elvis decided to pop into Son Studios to pay a visit to Sam. While there, he had a chance to check out the latest recording from Carl Perkins, who happened to have a new kid by the name of Jerry Lee Lewis playing piano for him during the sessions. After chatting for a while, an impromptu jam session began between three. At some point during the fun, Johnny Cash stopped by and joined in. Fortunately for the world, the sound engineer thought it would be a good idea to record the session. Sam Phillips realized the opportunity for some press and called the Memphis paper. The next day, the paper released the iconic photo of the four playing together and dubbed the jam session the Million Dollar Quartet. In 2007, Million Dollar Quartet the Musical came to stages and was a huge success breaking box office records in some theaters. It's been over a year on Broadway and has recently taken up residency at Harris. Karen and I had the opportunity to enjoy the Million Dollar Quartet in the fall of 2013, and here's what we thought. So we just enjoyed Million Dollar Quartet. Yep. What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, actually, I thought it was really good. I loved the Elvis songs, I love the uh, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis songs and even the Johnny Cash songs I love I have no idea who the hell Carl Perkins is but nice, nice <laughs> I would recommend this this show to anyone who is a fan of any of those artists yep. I think outside of it you're going to hate this show or you're going to be bored by it we knew Elvis we're big fans of Elvis I wonder if it wasn't because I, I became such an Elvis guy that I didn't, I was just kind of a bit of a snarky prick. At least I sound like it. Like, I'm like, this isn't as good as it could. Like, if I'm one of those guys that, that knows so much about the history going, well, it's not entirely accurate. I mean, it, clearly the piano wasn't over on the left. Everybody knows it was in the left center. <laughs> Jesus. I, I just, I wonder, because it's like you hear my voice, and I, I very clearly remember enjoying the show. It was a good show. I mean, it was it was you very tell by what you just said. exactly yeah. It's like I'm just not interested in it. I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you, do you just if you don't like these four, fuck it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very much what it sounds like. Yeah, I I think um and I know we're gonna go into it. I I don't know that I had a lot of expectations going into it because honestly, it, so Elvis and I know some of Jerry Lee Lewis's more popular songs. Again, I have no idea who Carl Perkins is. And Johnny Cash, I, I really wasn't a huge fan of. So, so for me, it was you know half of the artist. The show was was fine. It just it's cute. It was fun. There was there's absolutely it's a great show. 
I, great, I think, is a good word. It's a very good show. Well, obviously, it's a, it's a really good show because, I mean, it's done very well. Yeah. All right, let's see what else I whined about. This, we're, we're general fans of Jerry Lee Lewis. No, he was actually one of the funniest parts of the yeah, show. I, I agree. But, yeah. I mean, Johnny Cash can eat my bag, my bag of dicks, my entire <laughs> bag of dicks. <laughs> Why do you have such a hatred for Johnny? You're what still is? hung up on when he redid that song, don't you? Yes, Victor yeah. knows. That is it. I he cannot is. get past it. Although one of our listeners did clarify that, and, and it kind of gives me more of a pass, or, or allows me to give him more of a pass, that apparently towards the end of his life, as so many old people do, found God and got real serious about the whole thing. So that's possibly why he didn't. Well, when you're getting ready to die, sing. it's know, easy, right? it's easy get, to go, hey, right. I have faith and I believe. But still, I, I, I just can't, I can't get over it. I, I like the way that, that he redid. And oh, you know, I anyone that it doesn't know, he did that. Yeah, anyone who doesn't know, he's talking about when Johnny Cash redid Trent Reznor's song, Hurt. Nine Inch Nails Hurt. Yeah, and I and you have particularly an issue where there's one line that says, in Nine Inch Nails version, it says, I wear this crown of shit, and he changed it to, I wear this crown of thorns. Which, yeah, I, I even the idea, I just... There was something very specific. This is where the artist nerd in, in me comes out, where there was something very specific about when Trent used that phrase, this crown of shit. Like, thorns is one thing. You know, thorns is iconic in, in that, you know, that's how Christ was killed or that was part of Christ's whole thing. But it's like crown of shit. It's like, I don't have anything. Even my crown is literally just shit. I have nothing for you. And I it's couldn't like, even afford thorns. Yeah. I mean, it was just the bastard. Is it just? It's like I literally have nothing to give you. That's well, how worthless I am. And I think her, you know, so you are a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. I, I, I like yeah. Nine Inch Nails, but you're a huge fan. And I think you're also a little bit pissed off that Johnny Cash got more attention with that song than Nine Inch Nails. Did. Well, but I respect the same. Like Trent Reznor said it. He's like, that's the way I dreamed it would it would have been sung. That's the way I wanted it. That's the way it felt, and I couldn't make it sound like that. Johnny Cash made it sound like that. Oh, but yeah, it's, he's, he's thrilled with it. But it's, you know me, there's there's subtle things that, that mean so much to You're me. such a purist. Yeah, well, it's not just a, it's not just a purist. It's not just a purist, but it's, there are subtle, like, like that line meant so much to me in that song that that's, and, and maybe it's a shitload to do with my self-loathing, or maybe it's just that the same way that, that you emotionally respond to, to things there are things in lyrics or, yeah, or in cry movies at, like Hallmark commercials right. <laughs> yeah that's great but there there are things that and, and probably why you and I identify with each other on an artistic level or an emotional level in that way because while it may not be the same thing there are things I can relate to going, oh, no, I feel that exact way about this. And that just happens to be one of those songs that means a lot to me. And I felt that that was that that he fucked up a major part of it. Yeah, everyone else seemed to like it. I, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> what, right. did it sell millions? Uh, it was huge. Yeah, it, it was did. way bigger than, than, than when Trent ever put it out. Although, yeah. Horrible song. Although horrible he never... song. It's not a horrible it song. It is an amazing song. You're right. No, I'm saying because it sold millions. Oh. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Mark point of view. You know what? You know what? Fucking um, that... sold millions, but it's a horrible song. Uh, yeah, you know what? Exactly. That song "I'm Blue" fucking sold millions, and that oh, song Jesus is shit. Christ. So let's not. I let's believe not, you went to blue. Listen, let's not talk about what is fucking like. Oh, it sold millions, so that means it's great. Like, there's a lot of shit that sells millions. This is true, but not normally of a, of a song. rock song. It's Friday. Well, that, that she fucking, didn't sell. She, that was views on YouTube. Oh, she didn't make it. No. No, she did. They turned it into a song you could buy. And that was because people just wanted to see how retarded it was. No one was paying for it. No, I'm pretty sure they're, I'm pretty sure my nieces may have bought it. 
Your niece is not mine. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's. There's age difference there. Let's not there fucking is. make it sound like there my is. nieces are. If mine, if mine have the ability to download from iTunes, we've got problems. Right, well, especially right. when that song came right, out. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. We had more thoughts. You have, you have I mean, I, I, I think. Wait, hold on. You have a bag. I think that guy did a phenomenal job as Johnny Cash. I just don't give a fuck about Johnny Cash. And please don't fucking email me because I don't give a shit if you fucking care about Johnny Cash. <laughs> if you care about any of these four artists, definitely go see the show. It was a fun show. It really was. It really it was. was. Because show. we cared about at least one of the four artists. If you care about any of the four artists, absolutely go see this. You're going to really enjoy it. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I disagree with how fucking grumpy I was. But this you is were why, very grumpy. This is why we record these, and this is why it works on this segment, because there are times when we're hammered and it's just funny. There are times where we say, this is amazing. We're like, no, it wasn't. I don't know what the fuck we were talking about here. And then in this case, I don't agree with how disappointed I was. I thought this was a really good show. I think time allowed me to, to re reevaluate what my thoughts on it, and I think it's a good show. It's a very good show. Yeah, and I um, I was actually impressed with how they sang. So, yeah. so again, uh, I, we actually saw the Elvis performer walking through. I remember that, yeah, before the show, because we were playing craps or blackjack or something beforehand. Yeah, and he wandered through it, and he was just kind of like, "Really, this guy's playing Elvis?" Because he's short and stocky, and didn't and had really bad acne. I remember that. Well, he also um, looks of the Latino, Latino, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like. That's he's Elvis? His, he's Hispanic, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah. But, Elvis. Elvis. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the funny thing was, is once he got up on stage, he did a great job did of, a really of good impersonating job. the mannerisms, the voice. He did the little lip curl. You know he, what I thought was you know, good is it is so often with, and, and I think now that we've become Elvis fans, you, at least I know with me, like I, I have a lot more disdain for people who overly do Elvis like yeah yeah, yeah but like, like, very much yeah, okay. and he didn't do that yeah. he played Elvis the way you yeah that's that's what Elvis is like it, it's not the exaggerated stupid Elvis right. and uh, and the guy that was doing Jerry Lee Lewis so again learned really a lot good. more about this after the fact but Jerry Lee Lewis at the time was really young I mean he was young when he died anyway but at this particular well, moment Jerry Lee Lewis didn't was... die he's still alive oh, to is this he really? day yes <laughs> thinking of anyway no he was the one that married his his cousin yes, right that and is was what like Jerry Lewis did yeah okay uh, but but so at least during this session he was really really young like he was like 17 would years you old also remember something. the other details uh, of none of the songs that he performs in there all, all of his major hits none of those existed oh, yet yeah no, no yeah right the timing of all of this was off I don't know if yeah. walk the line if Johnny Cash had yeah, done the, that one either of course they they did everybody's biggest hits this is a very creative adaptation of this. These four guys really did get together. They yeah. really did jam, but the songs that they perform Didn't. are very much their biggest hits, so it's more fun for the well, audience it is. to watch. So, again, from an audience standpoint, you're more likely to know what they're singing, even exactly. if you don't know who the artists are, except for Carl, Carl Perkins, because, again, I didn't know a single fucking song that he I did. can't remember what song it is, but I'm pretty sure Carl Perkins did something like Hound Dog first, and then Elvis did it, and it became popular. I know, yeah, it's I something right. like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but what it, one of Elvis' big hits, Carl Perkins did first. No, Blue Suede Shoes. That's what it was. Oh, Carl was Perkins did Blue Suede, Blue Suede Shoes first, yeah. and it was a mild hit, and Elvis did it, and it was a fucking huge hit. <laughs> but, but the guy that was doing That's the only reason they threw him in there. Carl yeah. Perkins. Well, they yeah. do say well, no, that Carl Perkins there. is the birth of rockabilly. He yeah. created it. He it just started. He never... 
became as big as the people best known he, for rockabilly. I, I feel like he was already like older or a little later in his career, so he didn't have the commercial appeal that no, you're Elvis right. did. You're very right. And that was one of the things that we've learned, you know, about Elvis was he was was young and good looking and he could sing. So that's why he and back then you covered everybody. So well, he also had that thing. There's something about like superstars that they just have that ex- like Beyonce or or Michael Jackson or whatever. It, they just have that something special about them that just gravitates you toward and that was Elvis. You know, like you could have been it, and Carl Perkins point. I mean, I, I don't think Blue Suede Shoes it, its cadence or the the way that the song was sung was much different, but it was just different enough. And Elvis was singing it, like on "Love That Song." Like this is the same song, but he's not singing it. <laughs> it's yeah. not the same song. But but anyway, Jerry Lee Lewis was like bouncing all over the place. The character was yeah. like crazy and nutty and, and insanely funny. talented. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, the fact that he was actually playing the piano. Sitting on top that. of the... Yeah, that's... Wow. Yeah, if he really... I mean, if, if Jerry Lee Lewis really was like that, the guy was was brilliant. What he was like that nuts. on the stage, but yeah. yeah. If he's like nuts. that in the performance studio, you have to think the producers are like, Jesus Christ, can we get him a sedative? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's a very good show. My review does not do it justice. Quite enjoyable. And I, we should say that there is, in addition to you know Sam that owned Sun Studios, there's a woman that shows up, and she's there with. Well, remember Carl? Elvis comes in with a girlfriend. Was that her? Yeah. I, I, I remember there was a woman in the show, and she sings a song. At some I think point that's mildly like, accurate. I don't know if if the oh, I'm girl sure he had a girl. Act- all, well, of course, he had a girl with him, yeah. but I don't. I don't know if the girl was that. It, it doesn't matter. Put history aside. It's a good show. It's an entertaining show. It's a fun show. Yeah, she was a little annoying, but yeah, it's <laughs> for the one you, you number she to, did. You can't have that much testosterone on stage at one time. You had to throw a woman in there someplace to kind of break it all up. Right. <laughs> All right, so the production Million Dollar Quartet is the theatrical telling of the real-life jam session with Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, and the well-known Carl Perkins at Sun (laughs) Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. The music played during the show consists of some of the greatest hits from each artist, although the set list isn't factually accurate like we discussed before. Yeah. We get excited when we do these. It's like, I know it's all spelled out like, oh, let's talk about it. Well, and I honestly... Turn it all out right now. <laughs> right? Now, Victor, you know, really, it's kind of like Victor is is the guy that's meant to make fun of us and then go, okay, so all the ramblings these idiots just did, let's go over them. <laughs> let's, let's spell it out so everyone else can understand. Right, exactly. Well, and, it, and in my defense, I don't read ahead. Um, so I don't see these before we start going. So I did, yeah. It's obvious. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, with you too, dear. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, Mark sends them out like 30 seconds before. We're not talking. We're not doing this. Move on. (laughs) To perpetuate that fact, songs like Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues and I Walk the Line or Jerry Lee Lewis's Great Balls of Fire and a whole lot of shaking going on were not actually performed during this session. In fact, none of those songs were even released until 1957. Might not have even been written at that point. Well, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So the production is located in Harris' main showroom. It runs about 90 minutes, and it is family-friendly, so go ahead and bring the kiddos. <laughs> they shouldn't be in Vegas anyway, yeah. but... Right, but, yeah. you know, if you feel like breaking the law, bring them on in. I don't think it's a law. <laughs> should be. It should be. They just have yeah. to stay in the walkways in the casino. They, they can go into the They need the to be like Container Park. They need to have, like, a tiny little area for them to hang out at. <laughs> roped-off area. Right. Children don't anything over here. but the floor or the ceiling. I love this idea. We need to patent this right away. <laughs> All right, so the performance times 
on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, it runs at 7 p.m. And then on Monday and Thursday, there are two shows, one at 5.30 and one at 8 o'clock. The tickets are going to run you between $72 and $97, but are usually available at Ticks for tonight. There are no refreshments or snacks available. And it's not a very long show, so that's okay. Yeah. I, it couldn't have been any longer than like 70 minutes. Yeah, 70, 75. I don't, I don't even, it didn't hit the hour and a half. Uh-uh, no, no. So lesson here is get hammered before the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hope you don't, you know, fall asleep. Fall asleep, yeah. Hammered. As somebody did in a different show. You don't have the O experience, yeah. as, as it's come to be known around our, our home. Normally, <laughs> when you say, like, the O experience, you think of something from, um, like, Office Space, which, you know, the O face. Your but o face. No. Yeah, the O face. Yeah, but no, the O experience is when Mark falls asleep during shows. So. Oh, during shitty shows that involve warm temperatures in the theater and, and water. the sound of water. Yes. It's amazing you didn't piss yourself, actually, when you were sleeping. That was quite heavenly for me. That was <laughs> that was one of the best naps I've ever had sitting up in a, in a theater chair. That's an expensive nap. It was it a very was a expensive, very expensive nap. nap, but I thoroughly enjoyed it and was able to enjoy a shit ton of the evening after that. Normally, yeah. you crash in Vegas, you get back up, you got a couple hours in yet. No, I tore that fucking evening up. You did. You did. It was a beast. It was beast it. mode. <laughs> So in other words, whenever we're on vacation with you, if you seem a little slack, it's just go to O and then you'll be good to go afterwards. Yeah, quick, pay the arm and a leg quick, yeah, to go. Just right. quick O nap yeah. is all we need. <laughs> I need a quick O. Hold on. See you in an hour or so. Right. And again, normally a quick O means something different. Yeah. Because yeah. that usually energizes me. quick O's me. with Mark? No. <laughs> yes. I do, bring the, I do bring the O quickly. That wasn't what he meant. <laughs> he meant well, no, I, I, don't, I don't mean with me. I mean, I deliver. Yeah, I'm I, like, oh, yeah, backtrack now. Backtrack. <laughs> when you put your mind to it, you can, yeah, that, that, you can, you can See, bring those on thank pretty you. quickly. See, Victor, you can't, you don't always win in these try and make fun of me things, <laughs> dickhead. But notice she said when you put your mind to it, so how often is that? You know what? I'm not going to lose always. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Do you hear me complaining? Yeah. That's That's going to be the first thing. It'll be edited out, even if you do. <laughs> it probably would. He'll, he'll smash together different words throughout the whole review. Mark what? is a good lover. That's amazing. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> I well cannot done. confirm or deny these accusations. Brilliant. Brilliant. Nor, nor do you have any control over my ability to edit. This which, is true. Which has been, I have a track record of being quite formidable at it. <laughs> There'd be nothing to edit without us. It's like all the people that yes, I surround because Mark myself Mark would do it, do it perfectly in one take. No. Right. Yeah. There'd, be no, there'd be no need for editing. It, no. it, one take, straight L- through, listen, one, one breath. One of the first things I realized when I created this entire concept was like, I ain't doing this alone. <laughs> no fucking way. I don't care how creative I think I am or how funny I am. I would tank You know what's going to be really funny is the first time that you release an unedited show. And we have people, talked about when this will happen. I know, but it's going to be really funny when people go, "Oh my God, this is what actually." Well, you know what? There are <laughs> horrible. There are shows that we just, and this is actually kind of my fear. We've talked about this. I'm not going to tell you when we're going to do it. That's that's my gift to you. Whenever we get around to it, but kind of like when that, whenever this gets released, right? But with um, the the unedited show, we've had shows where we just tear it up. We just go straight through. As a matter of fact, listening to this show so far, I'm like, there's not much I need to edit out yeah, of this at all. And that is actually my fear, is that when we release the live show, that or I guess it's not a live show, the unedited show, we just put it out there, it's going to be one of those shows where we're just on point. And people are like, 
So I don't. So you just put music and shit I, in? I, like I, I, I don't see a difference. Damn it! <laughs> it's like it needs to be. One I of those will shows do where my suck. best to fuck it up for you. Husband. You know what we need to do? We need to get hammered. We to do guess. need to get hammered. Just gonna say that we, to we need to plan which one and just all get so bad. I'm sure T- we can explain Tonight's that. live show. <laughs> God damn it. What the fuck is that word? Right. How, many, how many off-topic ramblings will there be? <laughs> um, it's kind of the entire point of this, yeah, this segment. First ever four-hour show. <laughs> so, since you did a complete 180 on your original review there, Mark... Are there any memorable scenes or particular songs from the show that you guys really liked? Absolutely. I can't believe we didn't mention this already. What's that? Do you remember what it is? Not when you put me on the spot like that. <laughs> so the picture... Apparently there's something that I'm supposed to remember and I don't fucking know what it the is. Picture the picture that we talk about in the opening never monologue... never discussed this. How do you not know? Right. The fucking picture that we talk about in the opening monologue with Jerry... Uh, that, that Sam it Phillips... in the paper. Pulls him in. Yes. Yeah. At one point they, they do a live rendition where you hear a snap... And they show you the picture, and then they show you the actual picture, and it's really cool. No, I, I do remember that. So the, the picture that was in the Memphis newspaper, they do put it up on a big screen, and, and they've got, you know, the four guys lined up and take the picture, and it's pretty fucking close. It's a clever it's a clever idea. I'm glad that they did it to tie it back into the to the history of it all. Because there was this this whole entertaining show was based on something that really did happen. Which is really surprised me. I actually, while. when I first heard that it came out, I didn't believe it. I didn't know that it was real. And yeah. it, so that was kind of impressive in well, and of itself. The eras seem off. That's I think that's why it happened the way it that it did. It seems very daydreamy. But if if you get to know anything about Elvis, Elvis used to do this shit all the time. I mean, not with these guys, but just get into things where well, like Elvis used to love singing harmonies. Like he'd get around people who wanted to sing, and you're singing with Elvis Presley, and he's like, "No, no, no, you do the lead. I'll do the harmonies." Like what? So well, he had a, a naturally a good ear for that. Kind he of just stuff. Didn't, he just enjoyed it. Um, but no, I think that that's and again, once now that we live in Memphis, I think we've learned a little bit more about how it plays into the music scene. And there was a lot going on that was centered here because it you know at that point in time it was kind of centered in different parts of the country, mm-hmm. and, and Memphis was a, a hot spot for you know rock and roll, rockabilly, southern gospel, all of that. So I think that's what makes it a little more likely you know that this actually happened. Well, and Sun Studios is still here. I don't I don't think they do recording anymore. I think it's more of just a museum. It, it, I think point. it is a museum. We haven't been there yet. It's on the list of dockets to do of uh, things to do. But um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's still there. I mean, the same spot. Yeah. Now, you guys mentioned they show the picture. Do they actually play any of the original recording? No, not the, not the original recording. No. They do re-perform songs that were there. And there's actually a soundtrack out that because, as you heard in the opening monologue, they did record this. And it was eventually released as an album. So some of the songs are in there. That, that they actually performed, but I, if you look at the set list that's available there, you couldn't have built a show around that. No. No, that you had to throw in the others in. It, it, it didn't last that long, yeah. so. Yep. All right. So, now that we've gone through all the fun stuff, the Vegas Mate rating for Million Dollar Quartet is four out of five chips, and as usual, we will default to Karen for her rating first. You know what's funny so I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I think I probably did give it four out of five when I reviewed it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of backing down to a three out of five, and and the only reason I'm thinking that is I don't need that I need, know that I need to go see this again or would go pay to see it again. It, I, obviously, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I was being like a counterbalance to your snarkiness when we were recording this. I, it it was a good show, 
but there's so many others that I'd rather pay to go see. I might give it a three out of five. I'm kind of with you in this. I did this on our most recent trip. I, I originally was going to give Flamingo three out of five chips, and I ended up giving it four because I'm like, think about the location and what it's by and the pool and the room. And, and it's and like handling limits. Yeah, it's like there's so, the really, so many the things. The shittiest part about Flamingo is the the, the food and, and, and the food. casino could be a little bit nicer, but ultimately, like yeah. when you look at all the 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 benchmarks that you're looking to hit, you're going, I guess it is a four out of five. And this is one of those that I'm like, it kind of hits the things that it should hit. So you want to say four out of five, but I, I think I'm going to have to go with you and say three out of five on this. If if you're interested, you're going to enjoy this. Yeah. If you're not, I'm not going to try and talk it's, you into going, you have to go see this. It's really good. Yeah, it's not one of those shows that it doesn't matter what kind of music you like or if you know nothing about the story or whatever, that you're going to just love it. I think I think you've got to have some kind of an interest in right. the four performers. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to really hit on all the buttons for you, which I think is what's different about... So when I think of, you know, love, when I think of Phantom, when I think of... God, I'm trying to think of other shows now that are like must-go-see... Yeah, I don't know. This this one, it, it's a good show. It was fun, but you got to have a vested interest. Otherwise, it's, it's going to bore the shit out of you. It's a good show. Yeah, it is. It's a good show. So that was our review of Million Dollar Quartet. As always, we encourage you to go out and experience these things for yourself. Please don't take our word for it. Food and drink prices, hours of operation, and happy hour deals are all subject to change. Be sure to check with the property for the most up-to-date information. Check out 360VegasReviews.com for show notes. And since they won't let us take pictures during the show, we will have a promo video advertising the production. Yeah.